You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This is episode number 172, we're discussing the Black Widow film and movies that deserve prequels or sequels. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And Sanjay, man, sick again. <laughs> he is sitting out this round. We're recording a day late, actually. And he kindly asked us to remove all of the Wonder Woman news from this episode so that he could sit in and record next week. We're wishing him all the best to get well soon. He's got a sore throat or something, so he can't talk. He's not going to be here providing that extra little spice on the (laughs) podcast, but you've got myself and you've got my dude Troy here to cover all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC this week. It's a slim, slim week, and we're actually struggling for something to discuss. But luckily enough, those guys are out there taking photos of Scarlett Johansson on set of presumably the new Black Widow films. So we're going to discuss those, what we think, and what we can take from very minimal photography there. And we're also going to break down and discuss some movies. You know, given Make Solo 2 happen, given Godzilla's performance this past weekend, and all the sequels we have seen, all the prequels we've seen, over the last couple of years, we're going to talk about some movies that we think deserve prequels or sequels. And we're going to catch all that at the back end of the episode. But like we always do at the top of the Nerd Room here, we got to talk about our weeks in Nerd. Troy, my dude, have yeah. you been out on the hunt? What's been you know going on with you? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been quiet for me, man. I haven't really gone out on the hunt too much. What I've been doing is just falling in love all over again, like I always do, but with comic books, man. Yes. I'm I'm taking it back to the basics, and um, I picked up a decent amount. Nothing crazy. I still haven't gone to like my mainstay place. Shout out to Alpha Comics, but I've just been dipping into other comic books, uh, comic book stores locally, and um, I picked up uh, a couple comics. So I got Star Wars: uh, Age of Rebellion, so nice. Han Solo. Yes. Finally picked up that one. I got the Boba Fett one to go along with it. I've yet to read those two, but I've also picked up uh, Flash Year One DC Rebirth issue seventy, which is a pretty cool, you know, retelling of the origin of Flash, uh, Barry Allen's Flash. So that's not a bad book. I also got Uncanny X Men. I picked up uh, War of the Realms. That's what I've been diving deep into, yes. man. War of the Realms is dope. I um I went back to Jason Aaron's Thor thirteen and Thor fourteen, or sorry, Thor Thor twelve and Thor thirteen, I believe. Just to tie in with War of the Realms to see what's been going on there. And then also Spider-Man's tie in to War of the Realms. And, of course, the main line, War of the Realms issue four. Yeah, it just came And, uh, yeah, I'm loving it, man. I really like this series. Jason Aaron, he's good, man. Yeah, he he's is good. really, really good. There, man. I've been reading it, too. Yeah. It's the only comic book I've been really keeping up with. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really enjoying this. Nice. It's a nice crossover of everything. I at the onset, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to love this. This is a lot of Thor yeah. mythos. Yeah. I haven't been reading the Jason Aaron stuff since really the early God of Thunder stuff. So but, good. Wow. It's good. Great crossover. It's cool. Have you been checking out any of the tie-ins? Because you don't really have to. But No, I haven't I, got so- any of the tie-ins quite yet. Like I was saying, I think a couple weeks ago, that I'll probably go back and backfill with Marvel Unlimited. Mm-hmm. But right now, even those books are usually $4.99 cover price. They're usually you know thicker issues. The War of the Realms, yeah. actually oh, the okay. main title. Yeah, and so 
I've been just kind of keeping online with those and but yeah, really enjoying it. It's it's good stuff. The art's pretty cool and um no spoilers, but I think it was issue three. We got a glimpse at uh the old school old school slash uh secret avengers we had a kind of a yep. reunion of cap and spidey and uh wolverine and stuff so i thought that was a really cool shout out there but yeah that that's about it man i haven't really done much for uh figure hunting but what's going on in your end oh man you know i it's funny because we finally got and i think i've said this last couple of weeks into a little bit of a rhythm here but i found myself binge watching stranger things season two yeah this past <laughs> week just sitting huddled in the bed when the little one's down headphones like half on And, you know, you guys know, if you listen here for a long time, that I'm a giant wimp when it comes to anything that even creeps into the horror realm. And this this does this. This is a thriller type show, but it's got this amazing 80s nostalgia vibe to it that I am in absolute love with. This show, you know, I binged through season one a couple years ago when it came out when we were on vacation. I, for whatever reason, I only watched the first three episodes of season two, never really got into it the same way. And then I saw some of the previews and the promo work they're doing for season three that drops on July 4th this year. So a month away. And I said, okay, I got to binge through this because I want to be prepared for season three. I got back into it. Oh, it's so good. I cannot believe how good the kid actors are. Yeah. Like David Harbour stand out. But the kids, all of them are unreal actors. And the story, the vibe, the aesthetic of it all. Yeah. It is incredibly well done TV show, and I can't wait for season three. Have you caught up to this? No, I, I, I fell off after season one, but I loved it. And I'm right there with you. The kid actors is what sold it for me. It was so real. They, they, they felt like the kids that the kid that I grew up as, yeah. you know, or my childhood. And uh, the nostalgia hits us pretty well. It's right on there, that, that 80s feel. I think, you know, I think I checked out the first episode of season two because they, season two, we were teased the Ghostbuster outfits, right? Yes. Right, yeah. So I did check out the first episode. I think they were in the arcades for yeah, season yeah. two. Yeah, okay. Without spoiling things, but yeah, no, it's a really cool show. I'll probably catch up and get back into season three. You said July, July fourth. Yeah, first week July of July. There, so not too long away. There we go. What I notice about this, and I noticed this about season one too, is that it has a slow grade into the thriller horror element because it yeah. really starts off. It's like all nostalgia and that really gets you into the characters and then it slowly builds into the crazy upside down stuff which i can appreciate it doesn't push you into the deep end even in season two it really gives you time to build and grow with the characters again which with these binge worthy shows and this is something that struggles with game of thrones is that i never caught up because i never had time to kind of have that reintroduction to characters to reappreciate relationships and individuals and character growth and they do this tenfold in the first couple episodes here and you can really reconnect and dusty dusty's my dude i love that kid (laughs) that's the curly haired kid yeah yeah he's something else yeah Yeah. so good (laughs) he reminds me someone straight from the goonies yes that guy yeah the whole show is goonies right it's got this massive goonies vibe to it yeah which i can like I, i watched that with my dad like a million times right and yeah, yeah, so if you guys haven't checked out Stranger Things, I was talking about grabs about this online today. Go go watch season one, season two, get ready for season three because it 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 plays really well to all the elements that it's trying to. It does everything that it tries to do, it does really well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. huge recommend there. And then other than that, out in the hunt, I've I've really struggled the last couple of weeks getting out there, but I made some time this past weekend. My wife and daughter went and saw Aladdin, so supporting the cause here. There we go. I took the new little one. Out on the hunt for the first time, just me and her. <laughs> we hit the mall, we hit Disney Store, Toys R Us, and I managed to find 
two packs that meet the golden standard nerd room rule of nothing go. over $35 when it comes to six inch figures. I managed to get the Infinity War two pack of Winter Soldier and the Falcon for $34.94, as well as the Black Panther two pack of Everett Ross and Eric Killmonger mm. with that Michael B. head swap. For yes. $34.94 as well. So I'm super excited that I was getting these two packs at the Golden Rule. And, you know, most of these figures, actually, I have some form of. So the Winter Soldier and the Falcon are both repaints. I don't know if it's re-sculpts, maybe a little bit on the Winter Soldier, the updated outfit. But the sculpts and the attention to detail on the Infinity War pack, comparing them to the Walmart exclusive Falcon and Winter Soldier from Civil War, big upgrades. I, I bought these with the intent on taking it back if there was no marketable change in what they did with the paint apps. And I have to say, I haven't cracked them open yet, but I've been doing some kind of inbox comparisons. Fantastic stuff with this Infinity War 2 pack. Winter Soldier and Falcon, especially building into this TV show. I know you've been doing some custom work on some Falcon stuff with, with Captain America head swaps and that. <laughs> yeah, man. But I absolutely love this pack. It, it's fantastic. And also the Black Panther, the Everett Ross, it's a suited figure, which is fine. You know, nothing crazy. Head sculpt is awesome. Martin Freeman to the nines, as well as the Killmonger. So this is the Michael B. head, the same Michael B. head from the, I think, second Black Panther wave when he's, you know, pure Killmonger in more of the fatigues. Yes. This is him in the Golden Panther, or whatever it's called, from the end of the film. Great little head swap in there, but the paint detail, it's got this like golden shimmer to it. It's they're both really well done figures. Both these two packs, you know, I think originally priced either a sixty nine 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 or seventy nine 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 up here yeah. in Toys R Us. Big finds for me. I'm I'm super stoked about both of these two packs. No, that's huge, man. Those are those are really good finds. I think uh is there any other ones? What's the other one? The Thor. There's the Thor with the rocket and... Oh, there's, yeah, Thor, rocket, and Groot. That's also on sale up here for under $35. And if I can find that, the problem with that is the Thor is funny. It's really bad, man, with the lightning effects and the eye patch. And he's really pale. Like, it doesn't really look much like Chris Hemsworth. No, and going from the Ragnarok figure that came out, like, six months before the Infinity War stuff. Yeah. It's a night and day. Between Completely. those two, the, the the Hemsworth face sculpt is way different. He almost looks bloated. Like he almost almost yeah. looks like he's getting a bit towards <laughs> Endgame Thor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah a little bit there. <laughs> and the only thing else I want to kind of throw out there, I was made aware of this by Kyle with Tumbling Saber, is that those Star Wars retro figures that we did see released, I believe was it Toy Fair or what was it that they announced those? I can't remember when that was must have been toy fair which retro figures are this? the retro figures so like the re-release of the 77 figures like the figure yeah. sculpts right and they were a, a target exclusive so going yeah. back to the vintage characters and the vintage card backs and all that not right. the vintage collection but the vintage figures the retro line as they're calling it the re-releases and they had that tarkin that was coming out in the game and all that so they're yes. target exclusives and we we're really worried or i was really worried about not being able to find these and I know our, our dude Darth down in the States has already picked them up. He said he wasn't, but he did, but <laughs> which killed me. But apparently they're coming to Toys R Us, and they've been showing up in various places out east. So hopefully we end up with them out here because i got to get my hands on all those. I'm all in on this retro line, and I'm happy to hear that it's not just a pure Target exclusive that we are getting them up here in Canada. 
yeah, you know, I'm starting to believe we're not going to have much uh, pure Target exclusives anymore. No. At least I feel like Target exclusives in the States are going to be Toys R Us exclusives over here because they also had the Target exclusive Craven's uh, Last Hunt with Spider-Man Black Suit. Yep. That was a Target exclusive. And I've seen like a stack full of them over at the Toys R Us here. So yeah, nice. I'm starting to think we're going to get a, p- a couple of those uh, those exclusives. But I remember you guys were convincing me to get this line, and I might have to get that itch, man. I might have to scratch it because those vintage lines look pretty nice. It's a three and three quarter. Yes. Right. Yeah, those look pretty good. At those a minimum, I think they're going for about thirteen bucks Canadian, which yeah. is decent. Yeah. And at a minimum, you got to get the Vader for the collection. That's just it. Because what do we have? We have a Vader, a Tarkin. There's Luke, Leia, Luke, Han. Yeah. I believe a Stormtrooper. Maybe a Chewbacca in there. I can't remember the exact uh, figures there, but yeah, it's 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 definitely yeah. a line to jump into. And I don't know how deep they're gonna go on yeah. it, but for me, it's it's an easy buy. They are up on Amazon.ca, but they say temporarily out of stock, so I don't know if they're actually okay. gonna ship from Amazon.ca. But wait and see, and I'm hoping to find these in mint condition out of Toys R Us here and just pay the normal retail and all that. Yeah, man. But yeah, very exciting to see that we're going to get those figures because that's the problem. And like you said, the, the exclusives aren't true exclusives because even the Walgreens exclusive, I think we mentioned this last week, the infamous Iron yeah. Man. The exactly. Doom Iron Man is stacked deep at EB Games up here. Tons, tons. And Which is crazy because online, like I think Amazon, they're selling them for like $46. Whereas yeah. here you can find them anywhere for like $32, $36, I think. Yeah, so. even uh, with the like the eBay, what is it, or eBay, <laughs> EB Games <laughs> Platinum or whatever it is, you can yeah. you can get it for like, yeah, less than uh, around that $32 mark or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, yeah. But very exciting for me. I'm so happy that I was able to get actually back into uh, a weekend nerd here and my last couple of weeks have been super slim but getting out of the hunt there and i got some plans for this weekend to you know get out in the hunt a little bit more you know the yeah. wife's doing a few things so i'm gonna have the opportunity to kind of run around with the little ones and have some fun down at toys r us fingers crossed to see those retro figures yes sir now my man we got one thing to do before we jump into the very slim news portion of this episode and i promised our dude grabs that we put out a bit of a PSA out there for Mrs. Grabs Granite. Now, as new parents, both you and I, we can appreciate, you know, those few moments of personal time and, you know, moments with just our spouses while the little ones are being looked after. And that's why Mrs. Grabs Granite, you should take advantage of the $2 Shazam showing this weekend at your local cinema with your dude, our dude, Mr. Grabs Granite. So, we, by two guys who have not seen this movie yet, <laughs> we fully endorse Shazam and you going and checking this out this weekend. So, there it is, Grabs. Mrs. Grabs, enjoy that film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have fun, man. I'm jealous. I got to get out there still and see it. Yeah, you, got, you got another Endgame uh, uh, viewing to get into there. Yet I before. got another itch, man. It's going to be my <laughs> third one, probably. Third and final one, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking about in theaters this weekend... Now, we've got a Marvel movie, the last Marvel movie, I believe, for this year until we get, I keep saying that, but we got Far From Home still hit us up here, but the last X-Men film. Now, Sanjay and I covered X-Men 20 years in film a couple episodes back, so make sure you go check that out. Listen to that before going into Dark Phoenix, if you do choose to go see Dark Phoenix, because, ooh-wee, man, like, we don't listen... You know, exclusively to Rotten Tomatoes. They've done some work recently to try to help the reviews and that. But Dark Phoenix, it's it's been one of those films that has been just lingering out there. It was pushed into this year. It's the end of the franchise that is known as the Fox Marvel Universe. Ah, man, like Rotten Tomatoes score 21%. 
Ooh. fairly negative reviews. A lot of people are saying it doesn't really cap off the universe in any grandiose way. Troy, yeah. I know negative reviews. We try to put it in the back and make our own opinion. Are you going to be going and checking this out? You know, with all the other films that are out there, is oh. this going to fall by the wayside for you? Are we actually going to be reviewing this? In any oh, capacity? man. You, you know, it's it's crazy because um, I still haven't even seen Shazam. I'm starting to believe I might have to go see Godzilla. There's so many yes. movies i got to see, and I just haven't had the time to check it out. And I feel like X-Men is just so far down that list, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, I, I do want to kind of check it. Um, I love that franchise, what Brian Singer brought to the table. And I really loved, even better yet, what Matthew Vaughn did to bring more life to that franchise with First Class. And I think to top it off, uh, Days of Future Past is probably my favorite one out of everything, of all those movies. But this just didn't seem to do it for me, at least on the marketing standpoint, and then just knowing that it's coming to an end and these characters will no longer be with us. They are going to move on to the MCU, not the actors, but the characters. So, um, yeah, I'll probably check it out eventually, but you know what? I blame Age of, uh, not Age of Apocalypse. Was it Was it Age of Apocalypse? Or yeah. was it just called Apocalypse? Apo- I don't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what they call <laughs> There you go, right? Because that movie for me is kind of the um, what killed the franchise yeah, for me, at least. And I kind of separate the Deadpool and the Logans from this line of the movies but um yeah man i think we're gonna have to pass on this one i think i'm gonna sleep on it yeah you know what i would love to get it to the theater and watch this but yeah. as you pointed out there's other films out there my wife and that said aladdin was great they really yeah. enjoyed it will smith did good stuff we've gotten great endorsement from our dude carlos about godzilla even yes. jonathan hickman's out there promoting it saying it's great I'm, I'm always good down for a, a good monster flick and Shazam, yeah, I I made a, a pact with Grab. As soon as he sees Endgame, I'll go see Shazam. <laughs> but I, there's, I like yeah, like you're saying, it's it's too there's too many films out there that I want to see. And then you know we've got Toy Story four coming up here yeah. and some other big films and not the distant future along with Spider Man Far From Home. So it quickly takes a backseat to everything else. I know at yeah. some point we will sit down and review it here in the nerd room, but it's likely not going to happen anytime soon. Unfortunately, yeah. we might have to do similar to what we. We've done and what we're doing with with Shazam is once we get it here on Steelbook or in some form of digital fashion, we'll watch it and review it in the same capacity. But it's going to be well down the road because, yeah, I just don't I don't have a huge desire. Like it's a big superhero X Men Marvel film, yeah. and this is what we do. And yeah. I don't have any real desire. It has nothing to do with negative reviews, whatever Rotten Tomato score. Right, it's just the universe doesn't pull me the same way it did 10, 12 years ago. No, I I think they ran out of steam, honestly, after Days of uh, Future yeah. Past. And I guess what they have, they had Simon Kimberg, who's a great writer, but mm. I think he, this is his first time directing it is. a movie. Yeah. yeah. He's had a huge hand. Like, he even has a hand as a producer in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, like Rebels and what yeah. have you, right? And yeah. so he, he's got a great eye for yeah. film and for – I don't and I don't know if this is him, right? I, to yeah. me, Simon Kinberg tagged on the side. It doesn't make me want to go see it, but it doesn't make me not want to go see it. Exactly. I think yeah. he was just left with a universe that was on its last legs. And yeah. they had a story to finish. And they've got some great actors in there. Fassbender, McAvoy, you yeah. know, even Sophia Turner, who's kind yeah. of headlining all of this. She looks fantastic in this role. And I'm intrigued. Really I said I've been intrigued by the trailers. But just no draw for me. I think it's, like you said, the franchise is is dead. And I think yeah. Sanjay made the comment they should have just ended it with Logan. Ended it on the high note. They really should have, especially, you know, because you're coming off the heels of Endgame and you're seeing the MCU just thriving that much more and, yeah. and opening up the floodgates for more potential movies of the MCU. And then you see the end of the franchise, which is the X-Men universe. And it's just like, 
you know, it doesn't really grab the interest. At least I feel for the audience. No, agreed. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's a real shame. But yeah. if you guys want to get out there and see that, and if you guys do see it and enjoy it, please tag us. Let us know. Handles are at the end of the episode on Twitter. But if you do see or do have positive, or you really think you want to hear us review it in the not too distant future. Let us know and we'll see what we can do. See what we can make happen. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Send me a screener. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Shh, shh, we don't do that. Yes, we do. Anyways. <laughs> a Hollywood screener. <laughs> Speaking about places or things that have gotten fantastic reviews, shifting our focus over here to the Stars universe just momentarily in this brief news section. Galaxy's Edge, the new 14-acre Disneyland and to-be-future Disneyland's or Hollywood Studios version of the same park we're seeing in Disneyland is this brand new, spanking new Star Wars line. We've seen over the last month or so when they've done this ticketed entry into Galaxy's Edge. And I believe on May 31st, so just a couple days ago, they did the official opening, the public opening of Galaxy's Edge. Now they had George Lucas there, along with Bob Iger, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Billy Dee Williams, a whole crew back together to christen the Millennium Falcon. There's a nice shout out to Peter Mayhew there. It's great to see that crew back together and opening up of Galaxy's Edge. Now this is absolutely incredible that we've been talking about this this new Star Wars land. I was down there a year and a half ago, peeking over the fence, seeing what they're doing. I'm so excited for this. And the Hollywood Studios, the Orlando version, does open on August 29th, 2019. So they'll be kind of duplicated there, splitting the masses up a little bit. But Troy, like, did you watch this christening? What's your anticipation for getting into this thing? And have you watched any of the footage? Because me personally, I'm trying to stay away from it so I can have that experience on my own. I don't want to see what, what, you know, the interaction of the yeah. characters that are on the ground or the whole aesthetic of it all. How are you feeling about Galaxy's Edge after seeing the official opening of it? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I've stayed away from um, images, basically. Not even images, but just videos of the whole event itself, the, the theme park. But um, I've seen some photos. I've seen some of the exclusive toys, too, out yes. there. You know, people, you know, actually purchasing the toys, which is really cool to see. Um, you know, I got to say, I'm really happy for george lucas i think this is such an achievement i think it's an achievement but then i wonder you know to put yourself in the shoes of george george lucas like what at the end of the day you know impresses you at this level like you've seen so much happen to this universe this story that you've created like are you even phased anymore at this point because there's so many cool things that keep happening with star wars and i just think like i don't know maybe like now he's just like desensitized by now or is he like impressed himself i just i wonder how that works for the creator himself george lucas I don't, you know? he, he shows zero emotion. <laughs> That's like what none. gets me. That's what gets me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's cool to see the whole crew together. You know, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford. I think Harrison Ford it was that gave yeah. out the shout out to Peter Nate. Yeah, so that was really cool to see. And uh, I can't wait to get there, man. Oh. I can't wait. Galaxy's Edge is going down. It looks fantastic. I want to see. It's a robotic um, Haldo, right? Yes, it is. No, it Hondo. Is. Hondo, sorry. Yeah, Hondo, which yeah. is... Uh, pretty cool i think he has some kind of a some kind of side ride off the millennium falcon i think that's what i've heard yeah and he's kind of i imagine because we saw the animatronic at one point there and i imagine it's kind of when you're walking in to the i believe it's the smugglers run the millennium falcon thing and it's part of the story and all that and yeah it's if i look back at 
the stuff that they have both in Disneyland as well as Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. It's the immersion already from Star yeah. Tours to some of the other stuff they have around the parks and all that is incredible. The First Order March and all that that you yeah. get to see down there. I, I, this is going to be a whole nother level. And I've got my trip planned. We've got it's we've put in our deposits for a cruise portion of our trip, which not a Disney cruise, but a cruise itself. But there's going to be a week stopover in Disney World next year. So this is going to be cranked open for not quite a year, but, you know, about eight months or so by the time we get there. So hopefully the crowds have died down and it's going to be expensive. But yeah, man, it's it's, it's something I got to experience, and the little one's gonna be quite a bit older, five and a yeah. half by that point. So her experience is gonna be completely different. I, I cannot wait to get down there, man. <laughs> you, you got any kind of plans? Are we gonna do a family trip down to, to Disneyland? At, you know, in the not too distant future. Oh man, I'd love to. I, I was gonna ask you. My next question was: Is there like the Padawan Jedi training going on, or like are they moving that over from Disneyland to Galaxy's Edge? You think, or is it gonna be main over at Disneyland? I, well, Disney, like the park itself, you enter through Disneyland. But mm-hmm. my guess is that the Tomorrowland stuff that they have already, Star Tours or not, I'm going to guess that's not going to go anywhere. Okay. This, yeah. to me, is on top because it's supposed to be this immersive experience yeah. and something completely different. The legacy of Star Tours and the stuff like the Jedi training and mm-hmm. the, I can't remember what the, um, uh, I'm just trying to see my wall here. I do have, I don't know, there's the VR thing that they have and a few other things. The um, Space Mountain now itself is the hyperspace mountain. Yeah, that was only because that must have been only in Disneyland because it wasn't hyperspace mountain when I was down in Disney World because they hadn't transferred over the Galaxy or the Tower of Terror into the Guardians of Galaxy ride. That's only in Disneyland or that's in California Adventures in in California there. So they they do a lot of the conversion. Are they you know what's funny? They used to do a lot of the conversion in Orlando as the testing grounds because they didn't want to screw up kind of Walt's first park in California. But right. they've swapped more stuff in California lately than they yeah. have in Orlando, which is interesting. But yeah, yeah, we're we're a huge Disney family. I, I've been going for my whole life. I've probably been down yeah. there ten or twelve times. It's oh. it's something. Yeah, I've been with my wife. We've been together ten years, and yeah. I've been with her. I think four times. Oh, there you uh, go. We did. We've done Cali. We've done Orlando twice, and we did Paris. Nice. Um, so yeah, we we we're we're fam- uh, Disney family. They've they've got us hook, line, and sinker, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i look forward to it man that's gonna be a a heck of a ride for sure can't wait to check that out definitely definitely now we are part of the star wars commonwealth and keeping with the the star wars theme here one thing we always do is the knight of the commonwealth question now knights of the commonwealth are contributors to the podcast listeners of the podcast that are that bring a real positive vibe to all the podcasts to the network itself the star wars commonwealth and what they've kind of collectively done they get together and ask a question a month and most of the podcast take a stab at answering this so you get to see kind of a variety of opinions from the different star wars commonwealth podcasts and now we've been really bad the last couple of months (laughs) with answering this question with us being in and out and just not having the time to fit it into episodes but because we have such a thin news episode this week we're going to slide in the latest questions this is june's question this comes from jeffrey fishbach he is a knight of the commonwealth but he also co-hosts the canto cast and you can find him at lazy wampa on twitter now he asks a very interesting question this is going to take us a bit out of the star wars world but apply something 
that is prominent and a, a key piece of Star Wars to our actual physical world here. Now, his question reads, if the Force were real, what percentage of people in the world that could use the Force do you think would be seduced by the dark side? Especially being that the dark side of the Force is mostly based on emotions and passions. Have fun with this one. Can't wait to hear your answers. Jeff. So, Troy, this yeah. is just kind of a real philosophical, real deep thinker question here. Now, if you if you could use the Force, let's just mm -hmm. do you and I first here. Yes, sir. Before going outside and making a judgment opinion on the rest of the population <laughs> of the Earth, which I both think we know where we're going here. <laughs> would you, do you think you would be seduced by the dark side? Yes, 100%. 100%. Jeff, Jeff you, um, you lazy wampa, you. I would... <laughs> absolutely be a sith lord i think i would i'd probably be like an apprentice for like a week and i make my way to the dark side full on top <laughs> lord vader sells no well i guess lord vader i guess darth vader never really became like the head honcho yeah. but um i think i think i would man i think just the temptation of what you could do with the force and wanting to do things your way and just having the control and the ability to do so yeah i think that'd be a problem yes <laughs> So it's a good thing I don't have the force. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you here. I'm not, I'm not, I try not to be an overly selfish person, but at the same time, I, this really made me think about how pure the Jedi are because yeah. there was thousands of them. How none of those people were like, I'm going to do this for myself or invoke <laughs> any sort of emotion towards anything. Like, to me, that that's the basis of, of humans, right? Is yeah. emotion, pure, raw emotion. That's how yes. we make at most of our decisions when you look at the heat of the moment mm -hmm. you know your rationalized brain doesn't necessarily always win out over the emotional end of it so i feel like over time you would slowly grade into the dark side i would probably try to be this altruistic person but yeah, yeah. of course i'd be in the background doing stuff i'd be out in the hunt be stealing <laughs> figures from kids and that with the force i i don't know i think it'd be really hard to resist that temptation and yeah. <laughs> I don't say I'm going to go out and be slaying sand people or younglings or anything like that. But yeah, I think I would probably give in to the temptation of the dark side in some aspect. I don't know if yeah. I go full Sith Lord, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. How do you now? How do you think that extends out to the wider population of, of planet Earth? You know, from my opinion, there's a, you know, I don't like putting this on people, but yeah, people are going to use this for their own advantage, for their own you know, personal gain. Yeah. And like I said, the raw emotion of a human, that's what really separates us from animals, from everything else is, is the ability to express and feel raw emotion. Yeah. So I, I think that a lot of people would be seduced by the dark. Like we would have more to me, in my opinion, more Sith Lords than we would Jedi. <laughs> well, and that's, I think that's probably one of the main reasons why I would turn Sith is just because I feel there'd be so many people around me that would be leaning towards that way but i'd probably want to run more my way i guess i'd be pretty darth bane like so i'd be kind of like leaning more towards the rule of two after being surrounded by so many <laughs> if that may i mean just you know rush hour over here would be enough reason to have me turn sith <laughs> i guess you could say try right? going all lords of the sith lords you know? of the sith yeah if you ever seen chronicle i'd probably do that a couple of times that scene that Danny dahan does in in Chronicle with the car. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably turn full Sith. I think a lot of people, majority of people would go that way too. Cause I think just humans in general are just, you know, kind of selfish. Right. So I think, I think that's just kind of how it would be. We wouldn't have many Obi-Wans. I could tell you that that's no. something hard to do. 
Yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny because this question made me really appreciate characters like Obi-Wan. Yes. And yeah. we call Anakin a flawed character a lot, yeah. right? Even Luke to a degree who uses emotion. But yeah. is Anakin a flawed character or are characters like Obi-Wan just altruistic to the point where it's, you know, basically not repeatable. You can't replicate someone like Obi-Wan. Is maybe Obi-Wan is more the anomaly <laughs> than anything. The Qui-Gons, the Yodas. Are, you know, I think on on our planet, they would be the anomalies. Whereas the Sith so. stand out in the Star Wars universe as being the anomalies, being the ones that are, you know, kind of self-motivated, willing to kind of walk that fine line, use emotions, use anger, hate and all that. And I'm not saying that we would use that, but yeah. To me, there's more of kind of the, that raw human is built into what a Sith is framed around and yeah. less about kind of your Obi-Wans. Like, well, yeah, and I think that makes sense because when you look back at like um, just the Jedi Council alone, really you have um, Obi-Wan and you have Yoda on top of things. Like you, you have um, Qui-Gon who kind of walked a fine line. He's kind of in the gray. He, he denied actually even being on yeah. the council himself, right? Being a master. But it goes to show too, because you look at people like Anakin, and you look at people like um, like Luke, they were too old to really start the Jedi trainings. Why? Because they've, they're kind of more in the ways that we are in of, of human beings, right? They, they haven't really been sheltered in the Jedi council to know like not to give into your feelings because they've already given into their feelings. And now they're being taught these lessons of not doing so. So, that kind of plays into the point of like Anakin going down that dark line or that dark side path as is. So I just feel like it'd be kind of a natural cause for us humans to do so because we've all would be starting our Jedi training much too late, I guess yeah. at this point. Yeah. Well, and you look at Luke through the trilogy there too. There's a lot of emotion in that character. Yeah. And you know, he goes and you know, Yoda recommends he doesn't empire strikes back, but he goes with pure emotions kind of yeah. driving him to save his friends. Yeah. Um, when he's fighting Vader in Return of the Jedi, when he's swinging that saber at him, there is yeah. a lot of anger behind that saber. Yeah. Your anger. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's Lots. the reason he's able to kind of put Vader on his ass. Is yeah. Th- so it's it's a very interesting question. It really got me thinking not only about <laughs> how the world would take it. The world would be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> well, because att- attachments too, right? That's the yeah. big thing with Anakin, right? So Luke, you're right. It's the it's the emotions, but then Anakin, it's it's a lot of the attachments and just being humans we all have that right so that kind of solidifies where we'd all go exactly yeah right down, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you either have the force or your family well i know <laughs> sith lord's winning that one <laughs> so but yeah, yeah it made me really look at like kind of the world but also more focused in on how anakin's not really an anomaly he's no. would be more the norm i think and Absolutely. man just imagine people running around with the force like, oh, be nuts. It, it would be crazy. It'd be absolute anarchy. Like there'd be the world would end. It would just flip upside down and end. <laughs> it will. It really would be cool. And you know, and just it's kind of a side tangent here, but that's what makes it so intriguing. You know, especially now. I think the last week we kind of had the announcement that we are going back to Lord of the Rings or not Lord of the Rings, uh, old old Republic. Yeah, We're big gonna rumors. Get, it's, yeah, it's been written right. So I think it'll be really cool aspect. Could you imagine seeing on the big screen just like the Darth Bane kind of series, even just seeing like how we lived in a world full of Sith and Jedis. And it was Darth Bane. That was kind of the one to bring in the rule of two and kind of shut down a whole bunch of, um, of Sith Lords. That'd be really interesting to just to, just to see that aspect because we've only seen the Star Wars movies with one or two Siths, maybe three tops at once. So it'd be kind of cool to see going back to this question, just full of Siths, a world run by Sith. When I, when I think about a movie like that, 
And hmm. you parallel it to something like Endgame or Infinity War, where yeah. you have this, like, imagine on screen this massive battle, like, where you yeah. have, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, and I'm not too versed in Knights of the Republic or anything like that, but there's mm-hmm. got to be a massive Jedi-Sith battle where it's more than just two versus, you know, the whole Jedi Order. It's got oh, like, yeah. massive groups and you know imagine the sith you probably have a lot of infighting and little yeah. clicks and all this stuff so i imagine this is massive battle in the yeah. same fashion that we got in endgame where everyone's just running at each other oh. and it's this crazy lightsaber force wielding fight like that would be incredible yeah well there is i mean it's not canon anymore but the old republic mmo game that's online you can still play today there's a great cinematic where you get to see a whole army of the sith lords going up against the pure jedi but even going back to uh to rebels what was it season two or three when they go to malachor oh yes that planet once obviously had the battle too of the sith and the jedi so there's so much lore there man and i i just i can't wait to one day discover that live action somehow oh amazing yeah yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate yeah. the question there. Great and question. Make sure you check him out over at the Canto Cast, and you can find him personally over at the Lazy Wampa on Twitter. Now, shifting our focus a little bit over to the MCU as we kind of get towards discussing a little bit about movies that deserve sequels or prequels, and kind of what really spurred some of that idea was we talked last week about the hashtag Make Solo to Happen campaign. So make sure to go out and support that fantastic, brilliant stuff. And again, another shout out to the Resistance Broadcast for kind of getting the momentum behind that, that positive movement. And when you look at things like Godzilla, big sequel this past weekend, you know, mixed reviews, but looks like a lot of fun. And we talked last week about how the shift in paradigm or about the paradigm shift towards major franchises, sequels, prequels type of film universe is really dominating the box office. And now we got some insight in the MCU into the next film that is likely to debut either in May or November of 2020, likely the May time slot there. But that is the Black Widow film, a film we've been talking about in a little bit of detail over the past couple of weeks. But it appears based off of leaked set photos that Scarlett Johansson is now filming Black Widow whatever it's going to be called. Now, the thing that I'm getting from these set photos, you guys just go search, you know, Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow set photos on Twitter or whatever, and you'll find all of them. There's not a whole bunch of them. But the interesting thing I'm seeing within them is that, like, this real sense of isolation as well as this kind of more seasoned version of Black Widow, the Black Widow we're used to seeing, say, post-Civil War, pre-Infinity War, that rumored time frame that it is filling here. Now, the key thing I thought of was that isolation part of it. Like, basically, after Civil War, she kind of took off and ran away. Are you getting the same vibe from those set photos of that, the isolationism, kind of an older version of Black Widow? This doesn't seem to be a prequel to Iron Man in any capacity. No. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. It definitely seems like it's we're setting towards yeah, the Civil War kind of aspect. And I think it's going to be more uh, character-driven, yes. this movie, as opposed to uh, like an assassin kind of uh, John Wick film, I guess. Because you, you would expect the other. You expect the um, the Red Sparrow or the John Wick or the the blonde. What was it? Something blonde. Yeah, Atomic, Atomic blonde. blonde. Yeah, but I think this is going to be very character-driven because Scarlett Johansson is an incredible actress alone so i think she has the chops obviously to do it she can definitely carry a film on her own we all know that um whether you know whatever your thoughts are on uh, ghost in the shell and lucy but we all know she can carry a film and um yeah i think it's going to be all about her acting chops in this one as opposed to her physicality yeah fully yeah. agreed there you know she's been a very physical character throughout the mcu she's gotten a fairly decent arc but no real 
personal exploration. And one of my nitpicks about Endgame was that that whole Hawkeye Black Widow scene, it didn't land for me emotionally. And I think digging into this character a little more, they're going to have to rely on things like flashbacks to potentially yeah. tell Budapest type story, potentially mm-hmm. integrate maybe some Winter Soldier stuff, potentially, yes. I don't know. Uh, but I'm excited to see what they do with this character and maybe the different kind of avenue they can explore with her is that like you said more character driven a quieter you know we're gonna of course see her kick and smash oh yeah definitely but it would be nice to see a quieter version of that character and explore more of her and her evolution throughout the mcu while reflecting back on things that are pre-iron man building into that this nick fury saving her i think there's a potential for this film to see a lot of brief cameos of characters like Clinton Barton, Nick yeah. Fury. I'm even questioning if we're going to get a Captain America, a Steve Rogers, a Chris Evans cameo at the end of this, just kind of cool. bridging the gap between the Black Widow film and Infinity War, potentially. Sam oh, Wilson cameo. I, yeah. To me, it's not out of the question. There's this always this lingering thing from the Russo brothers that maybe Captain America or Chris Evans isn't done playing the character. Yes. And a way to do that is to have him in a film like this, just making a brief cameo. Yeah. Or or even just a phone call where they've just called up Chris Evans and said, can you speak these lines for us? Yeah. Something like that. I think that would be really cool and that it could organically build a lot of that MCU between Civil War and Infinity War into this film without feeling like it's weighing it down with trying to make sure to say, hey, you know, don't forget, this is still part of the MCU type thing. Exactly. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think what better way to do that than than having Captain America himself? Because, I mean, me personally, I don't mind Iron Man 2. I actually liked it a lot more than most. But yeah. um, Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow, watching that film, nobody was dying for a Black Widow film. To me, it wasn't until she was in Captain America, Winter Soldier. Yes. That's when I was like, that's Break the Black it. Widow I want. That's the Black Widow movie I want to see. And I think... That movie developed a really cool big three relationship between Sam, Steve, and uh, Black Widow herself. So, um, I, yeah, I uh, I wouldn't be surprised if those two both showed up in that film. And I think it'd just be a nice synergy between all three of those characters to show up in this film. Oh, yeah. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. And given that we are launch padding into a Falcon and Winter Soldier, again, I realize this is a prequel. But, again, it allows to build something in there with Sam Wilson and him grading into captain america so it's a nice Mm -hmm. way for them to give him a bit of dialogue a bit of character build if they include him in this movie at all to help springboard him in because he hasn't gotten a ton of screen time this disney plus series is going to have to do a lot of work building up sam wilson the character into the captain america mantle we all know he's deserving but we need to spend a little bit more time with him and i think you know the buddy cop thing we're gonna get when they're soldiers gonna be fantastic so i love that we're sticking in this kind of established Captain America space, you know, I find that each of the main characters, you know, your big pillars kind of have characters that are closely associated with them. And Scarlett Johansson, yeah, she's Black Widow. She's found her way through many franchises, but yeah. the Captain America stuff, like you said, that's really where she broke out and yeah. where she became a big player in the MCU. And then you got Winter Soldier, Sam Wilson, you know, you know, it's there's a lot of great stuff they can do in that, that small little kind of segregated part of the MCU. And I'm really looking forward to this film now. The more and more I see of it, the more and more intrigued I am by what they're actually going to do with this film and how they're going to kind of construct it and give it its own feel. Yes. While also not trying to make it feel like it's they've going back and just, oh, let's halt everything or forward progressing narrative and just tell a small story in here. So very exciting stuff there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can't wait for the uh, the villain announcement. Oh, yeah. What kind of villain are we going to get in this film? Who knows? I'm yeah. not super familiar with her Rose Gallery at all. No. But... 
they this it's got to be one of those villains that is from her past so like yes. russian based or something like that that's yeah. kind of reemerged it's it's got to be something to that effect i would think something that doesn't require her to be like hey sam and cap you know come help me yeah. out it's got to be something personal that she feels she has to deal with her on her own yeah. and and not bring in the rest of the avengers like it's for them to be successful in telling a prequel story where they're filling in backstory it's got to be very relatable to things that happen say in the late 90s early 2000s right. kind of that space before iron man one re-emerging yeah. kind of in that 2016 time frame yeah no i agree 100 percent. awesome well one thing that we're going to do here as we kind of cap off this episode it's going to be a short one this week guys like we said it's been pretty slim and trim here <laughs> in the nerd world but that's okay we're building into san diego comic-con and not in like a month's time you know, we're going to get in that announcement, the slate post far from home. So yeah. a lot of exciting stuff on the horizon for sure. But one thing that we talk about a lot here is is prequels and sequels. You know, Black Widow, this is a, this is a prequel film. And the sequels, the MCU, as it builds the DC Extended Universe, these franchise films, you know, we're always seemingly getting more and more of them. But what we want to do is kind of park that for a little bit and think back as to films that you know, we watched and wanted a sequel and have yet to get a sequel out of. Or films that we've watched and said, I don't understand that or I want more of that. We just talked about kind of the Knights of the Old Republic and seeing the yes. origins of the Sith, origins of the Jedi in a bit more detail. Consider that a prequel. But what we're going to kind of do here is just run down some movies that we think actually deserve sequels or prequels that may or may not ever happen. Just throw some movies out there, maybe talk a little bit about why we think they deserve a sequel or a prequel, and just have a little bit of fun here at the end of the episode as we kind of wrap up this week. So, Troy, I'm going to throw a couple yeah. on the table here for us to discuss. Yeah, man. And this first one, this first one here is, is for our dude Carlos here in Calgary. And I would love to see a proper sequel to, I'm going to say Incredible Hulk, but a, a standalone Hulk film, right? A proper solo sequel to that franchise. Yes, we have gotten the Planet Hulk stuff in Ragnarok. He's gotten a fairly decent arc, and we've seen a lot of evolution in the character into what we see in Avengers Endgame. But I could really yeah. do... I don't know if I want to... I want a sequel, I think. A sequel yeah. to Endgame in the solo Hulk space. Okay. Maybe some degradation back to, you know, mindless Hulk and him struggling yeah. with that a little bit. But I want a sequel to Endgame, not a sequel. I don't want them going and filling up backspace or whatever. Yeah, I, I want something foregoing narrative here. What do you think of the solo Hulk film? A sequel to Endgame, but in the MCU space and a proper solo standalone Hulk. I thought about that one. I thought about that one. Um, where I sit with it, I, I, I agree with you because I, I'm one of the people that... He was my weakest um, character in Endgame. So I would love to have Bruce Banner and Hulk um, just absolutely go at it with each other. And boom, we get the result of them either splitting completely or we get them going back to the brooding, mindless kind of Hulk. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think the perfect Hulk we had for a mind state was Ragnarok. After yeah. we visited it recently, I thought that Hulk was, was perfect. So I'm with you. I like that. Um, I'm also in for a sequel to the the actual Incredible Hulk. I want to know what happened with Abomination. I know there's those those comics, yeah. you know, that you've mentioned, but I would love to see that world, that smaller scale of of the Hulk character and having uh, Betty Brant back and having um, uh, Thunderbolt Ross in the in, in the focal point there. And um, yeah, that's that's where I sit. I I just don't know which one I want between the two. I guess after seeing Endgame now. I would have to go after Endgame 
But if I go back in time, actually, sorry, you know what I do want? I'm all over the place. I really do want a true World War Hulk. Yeah. I want Hulk coming back after Endgame, and he is just raving havoc all over Earth. And yeah, the Avengers got to stop him. That's what I want because we we kind of did do the Planet Hulk you mentioned with Ragnarok, but yeah, I want World War Hulk. I think that was a pretty cool comic, so yeah. I, I want something like that and have um have the um what are they called the Illuminati have those guys be the one to form and be like Hulk, you're out of here. Yeah. So it's kind of a reverse Planet Hulk because at the end of the movie they would send him away, but you kind of get the idea. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. What yeah. about a kind of Hulk prequel? to yeah. Endgame, where they fill in some of that five-year stuff. So doing what you were saying and seeing yeah. them maybe split and then come back together, yes. really have that battle out, maybe that internal battle, and then see him eventually turn out to what he is in Endgame and kind of fill yeah. that space in. Because I think that was one of the comments we made in our review was that yeah. it was the abrupt change. You know, we'd seen yes. this really slow evolution of Hulk through all of the films, and then we went from Ragnarok Hulk, or I guess sort of Infinity War Hulk, to boom, something completely different. Yeah. And on second viewing, my comment was, I really liked that jump and I appreciated it more the second viewing, but it was yeah. an abrupt, like, whoa, what just happened here? Yeah. So feeling yeah. in that space would be pretty cool too. But I think it's, to me, it's got to be a post end game sequel yeah. for this. Yeah. And I'd love to see him go up against like a Red Hulk or something. I think that'd be oh, so cool. Oh, Thunderbolt Ross and yes. Hulk go at it. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm yeah. down. I, I like that idea, too, that you mentioned the prequel, because I think if they did do that, then I'd be satisfied. I'd be yeah. actually good because then I got that kind of middle gap to fill in. And, and then he has his happy ending, basically, with, um, well, he kind of has his happy ending in Endgame, I guess you could say. He gets yeah. there. He gets there. <laughs> he loses something, but he gets there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, how about, now this is stepping outside of the franchises that we cover here in the room. Yeah. How about a follow up to Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the Matt Reeves story that he told in there so that's being the last one in that war, trilogy war of the planet of the apes is the last one. Oh, is war of the planet of the apes last yeah one? yeah okay sorry yeah i think yeah, in my they, head they should be turned around they the, should be the because names. dawn of the planet of the apes is an actual war yeah yeah, okay. uh, yeah it's not yeah yeah I, in my head i've, I've already <laughs> turned those around yeah sorry war of the planet of the apes i want a sequel to that i love the original planet of the apes stuff it's incredible yeah. this is something my dad introduced me at a young age yeah, i man. love walking through that but the thing i'm missing in this franchise is yes. a proper ape planet yes where they're kind of have a civilization humans have degraded into kind of what I'm going to call, quote-unquote, the apes of that planet. I want to see that. That's something we saw the, basically the transition from a human-populated Earth, ran Earth, into something that was more ape-based, but we never got that full, we got the horseback riding apes and all this, talking (laughs) apes, you know, that that whole intelligence, but we never got to that, they have a society, Dr. Zayas, they're scientists, they're all, it sounds goofy, and that whole universe that Matt Reeves set up maybe isn't conducive to something like this because you have to make a big leap now because they've gone for that that realism in that yeah. new franchise. But I would love to see a sequel cool. to to what is War of the Planet of the Apes? War of the Planets, yeah. Take your filthy paws yeah. off me. Oh <laughs> Damn man, dirty ape. Yeah, I you know as a kid, I'm with you, man. And we've talked about this before. I feel like all fathers and sons watch yes. Planet of the Apes, and it's um. I remember being a kid watching it, just being like, "This is terrifying." Like if that, I actually thought like that could be real. Like <laughs> apes could take over the Earth, and you know, again that big twist at the end, obviously that it oh, is yes. Earth. It's 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 incredible, and I'm with you though because I think Matt Reeves and I can't remember the first director for the first movie, but Matt Reeves with the last two, I yes. thought they did fantastic work, and I would love to see them take that next step forward of having just a planet infested 
of these apes running the show and having very few humans. Man, I'm with you. I, yeah. I want that. I want like, that. Like imagine lot. imagine them like walking around in suits and stuff. Like it would be yeah. so it'd be so hard to make that leap. Yeah. But or even just more a more primitive society that we do see in the first Charlton Heston Planet of the Apes. Yes. Yeah, where I like that yes, one. they they have you know order, they have laws, they have scientists, they have kind of this idea of a segregated communities, everyone has jobs and all that. I think that would be really really cool. And It'd be so cool. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if they plan if it's WB that owns that, correct? I think it's WB. Yeah, or is yeah. it Fox? It's Fox. Disney it's Fox? now owns so that. So Disney I think. has Planet of the Apes now. I th- I might Holy be wrong in this, guys. Correct me if I am wrong, but I think maybe they do. Oh man, that'd be wow. really cool. I don't know if we're ever gonna get a a revisit of that universe, but man, what I like, how how cool would that be? <laughs> yeah, because they set it up right in War of the Planet of the Apes. Like we got introduced to like a young Nova, right? Yes, I believe that, so. Yeah, which is obviously the character that we see the mute character in. Um, the original yeah, the Charlton right? Heston one, yeah, exactly. So they, they, yeah. they introduced a lot of the same elements, and yeah. they're going along the same lines. Basically, humanity was on its last legs, and yeah, apes were taking over. But oh man, I, I, I that was one of the first things that jumped on my head on a, yeah. a movie that deserves a sequel. Kind of seeing Definitely. that through, ah, absolutely. Definitely, incredible. so good, so good. Yeah. yeah. How about a a either prequel? Now this one's going to be made. Not I don't want to say controversial. Yeah. How about a prequel or a sequel to Return of the Jedi? Oh, come on. Easy. Easy. <laughs> I think we all want this. We want like a true sequel, not like a side story, not aftermath, not yeah. even the Empire, Shattered Empire. Like I want literally like, you know, a two, three year gap, but we're following Luke Lehan, maybe even perhaps a young Ben after episode six, after yeah. Return of the Jedi. Hundred percent want that. Yeah. Even because what, what was it? The Heir to the Empire series. I guess that like back before like Legends. That was the true. Yeah, sequel, that was like the Thrawn trilogy, basically. Right, right? That and that's like, like the, the first thing out, right? Exactly, and that was very Luke Han Leia centric. Yeah, yeah. No, I I want that. I mean, we've had little bits of it, like you know the aftermath and the Battlefront to Luke doing his thing, but. Yeah, I, I, I need that. I don't even know where I'd start. I just think we all have an idea in our head of where yeah. we want those characters to be at that point. Well, it's a space that I don't know if we're ever going to see filled in any right. capacity. Like, yes, Mandalorian is taking place after Return of the Jedi, and it's filling in some space about what probably the fallout in the universe is like post-Return yeah. of the Jedi. But I really want to see, I don't even know what you call it. Like, realistically, you go back and call it Skywalker. Like, I know we're getting yeah. the rise of the Skywalker right now, but right. it's, I think I screwed that title up. But going back <laughs> and calling it Sky and just seeing him build the new Jedi Academy yeah. or, you know, Aftermath does some work at filling in some space with Han and Chewie and them going to liberate Kashyyyk and yeah. stuff like that would be really cool to see on screen. But it's almost just this real follow. And you could, the, your antagonist still technically could be the empire right it could be yeah. those those remnant kind of cells that never really gave up or didn't believe i guess battlefront fills that some of that in too with the what is it called with that kind of computer screen walking head on the emperor yeah it's like some avatar kind of yeah. thing it's in a red cloak and you see the emperor's face pop up on the screen there yeah 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 so, no i yeah no i i uh i don't know because you know i feel like I don't know if we'll ever get a movie, but I feel like with like Disney Plus, the, the options are endless. Yeah, and I mean, we very well could. I mean, this this de aging technology is is fantastic, and I think the biggest thing is is we've had enough, not enough, but we have some idea of what Solo was doing and Leia was doing. Yeah, 
But I think people are kind of craving that Luke. And I and I, and I don't know, man. Mark Hamill himself is obviously wants that one more chance to be, you know, the Luke Skywalker that we all want to see him do. And it, who knows? Maybe we get like a 10-episode thing of a de-aged Luke, somewhat de-aged, taking place during that time between episode 7 and um, – sorry, between episode 6 and 7. I don't know. I just – I don't know. I, I guess I'm just a fanboy here that just really wants to see some Luke doing some uh, Master Luke Skywalker stuff. Is you know one of the <laughs> questions I think in my head when I'm thinking about posters from the Jedi, mm-hmm. you know, before the sequel trilogy, is that space too tempting for Disney to not do something? Right. Like that. There's so much space in there where that they have to work with. Basically, yeah. 30 years. Yeah. And you know, there's I guess this technically the same space between. Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, I guess it's about 20 years. 20 years, yeah. But they've spent a lot of time filling that space in with things like yeah. Rebels and all that. Tons. And you look at the gap now. And Mandalorian, like I said, it's going to fill in a little bit of that. We have the Aftermath books. But there's not a lot filling in there. Other than, you know, you get Bloodlines from Claudia Gray. Mm-hmm. But Yo, to me, there's so way too much temptation to tell a story in there for yeah. Disney and Lucasfilm to kind of ignore that. That has right. to be filled in some capacity. Well, and I wonder if they're thinking, like, do we do an Obi-Wan or do we do the Luke? Like, there's there's so much. Like, yeah. I think both audience, well, the whole fanboy audience, Star Wars audience wants one or the other. I kind of feel like the pressure's a little bit more on Obi-Wan as of right now. Mm-hmm. But, well, you know, Star Wars, Disney's really been um, kind of, I don't know. They haven't really been touching, like, the stuff between Empire even. No. And the stuff after episode six. So I feel like they must be have something that works. Maybe that's the whole Charles Soul and Claudia Gray stuff going on. I don't know. But I feel like something big could happen there. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, man. Super <laughs> exciting space. <laughs> yeah. We just got to take a bit of a pause here in the episode because the uh, the raps, they, they just, just, we just won. No way. Yeah. Game three. Yeah. Game they took three. out Golden State. Yeah. 123-109. Final. Oh, my goodness. Man. <laughs> Hashtag, wow. hashtag, we the north. We the we, north. We got a new one for you guys. Hashtag, we the nerd. Love it, love <laughs> it. We the nerd all day. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's going down. All right, man. Do you got anything you want to throw on the table here? I do, I do. Of course, uh, repping DC here, man. Especially because Sunny's not around. Man of Steel. Yes. A direct follow up. Um, Superman. That is well trained, well equipped. Now we've he's gone over his um, his sophomore, you know, his junior year actually. And I want that Superman that's basically comfortable in his own skin, like he was in Justice League, but a full up movie around him. I feel like it's such a great character study. What uh, Zack Snyder did in Man of Steel, I just recently watched it. That movie is mind blowingly good. I I I love that film. It's up there my. Probably my top five superhero films still. It's it's really fantastic what they do. I hope they could get Henry Cavill back for the sequel if they were to do that. Yeah. I definitely don't need a prequel, obviously. But I'm going sequel to Man of Steel. That's what I want. Wow. Man of Tomorrow. I would yeah. be into that. I'm really surprised. And it's it's very shocking. We're seeing all the news, you know, coming out with, with regards to Robert Pattinson. They've now yeah. WB has officially confirmed that to be the case that he is taking the mantle of Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a prequel that's gonna be disconnected, dislocated from Ben Affleck's Batman. Also it's separate now. Apparently, that's that's Holy the most smokes. recent thing I've heard is wow. that it has nothing to do with Affleck's Batman. Wow. So I don't know what they're gonna do or if that's actually true or not. You know, mm-hmm. wait and see on that one. But I agree with you. A direct follow up to 
Man of Steel. And I yeah. I kind of want a Man of Steel post Justice League. You know, uh, yeah, because that's it, the Superman I want. Yeah, yeah, and I guess really in the timeline doesn't allow for you to do much in between any of those films, Batman vs. Yeah. Superman or even Justice League, because essentially it's you know right after Batman or Man of Steel is right after right before Batman vs. Superman and Justice League. He's dead up until that point, right? That's and right. So they really have to go post Justice League, but yeah, I think that would be really cool mm-hmm. to see something like that. And I, you know, one of the another kind of interesting character study, and this is really done by Brightburn from producer James Gunn, yeah. is I always like the idea. And you guys, I, I, Sanjay gave me the story to read. It was what's it called? Red Sun. Red Sun. Yeah, when he's born in Russia. Yeah, when he's he, yeah, dropped he lands in Russia. In Russia yeah, and he yeah. kind of becomes kind of like a, a different type of character. You know, yeah. DC doing all this elseworld type stories you know with the joker maybe with this robert pattinson batman thing you know where they're just kind of doing more solo type of storytelling yes we do have the three going thread of wonder woman and aquaman kind of carrying the dc extended universe but they Mm -hmm. are taking pauses and steps away from that so seeing some sort of elseworld story of of superman i don't know maybe it makes more sense to have him connected to the extended universe Mm -hmm. but yeah, I agree. Something Superman centric, and I Henry Cavill's got to be a part of it. Yeah, I, I, I hope so, man. I, I I don't know if they bring. You know what I want? My dream casting for the movie: Man of Steel two or Superman two, Man of Tomorrow, and I want uh, Matthew Vaughn directing the film, and I want Max Landis uh, writing the film. Max yeah. Landis did um, Chronicle, and he has a nice uh, little six mini series run called uh, American Alien, mm-hmm. which is his own take on Superman. Give me those two to team up. I would obviously like Henry Cavill back in the role, but uh, yeah, man, that's my number one sequel I want so nice. bad. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, sticking with DC, I'm going to throw this one on, on the table here. All right. Now, the Dark Knight trilogy. Yes. It's one of the best comic book movie trilogies, I think, that can be universally agreed on. Yep. Would you like to revisit that universe in any capacity? Do you think that that story that Nolan told is done? Mm-hmm. They left us with a, a relatively big, you know, lingering thread there with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Robin, yeah. uh, potentially Nightwing. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think they could pick up that universe and, and give us a sequel to that? Maintaining that through-going tone, I don't think Christopher Nolan would have any interest in revisiting that, no. but is there is there space there? Do you think that franchise deserves a fourth film? No. I think, one, there's too much pressure to live up to yes. the other films. Uh, and two, I think the lib- there's too much liberties taken with that character, which is Robin slash Blake Drake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? He, he's, a, he's a mismatch of, like, all the Robins. And I think, therefore, we're kind of, you know, it's one thing when Marvel or even DC does a villain like, say, Whiplash, and he's kind of crossed over and he's he's mixed with, like, two other villains, that's fine. But when yeah. you take the actual superhero that we're following and is a mismatch of, like, three or four villains or, sorry, heroes, it's kind of a little off to follow. Like, would he be Nightwing? Not really, even if they call the movie Nightwing because we know his origin is nothing to do with like the actual Nightwing, we all know. Like, there's so many liberties that have been taken. Would he yeah. be the new Batman? Sure, but then why not just go Batman Beyond? I guess you could kind of do like a weird Batman Beyond, yeah, but like that's the right noir realistic take. You'd have to go that like a Terry McGinnis, but yeah. he's called was it John Blake? I think that's what they called him in the movie. Yeah, John Blake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, John Robin Blake. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it, it'd be interesting. I think the biggest thing is the pressure because even the pressure with Man of Steel and you slapped on Christopher Nolan, producer. There's a lot of pressure there to uh, exceed the limits or the expectations of uh, of uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe a limited TV series, you know, yeah. like DCL Access kind of thing, if you gave us something 
Yeah, you know, yeah. I know there's a lot of people that like to see this this universe revisited in some capacity. Yeah. But I agree with you with the and especially from coming from someone that you know, Nightboy's your dude. Or Nightboy, yeah. Nightwing, sorry. Nightboy. <laughs> There's an amalgamation for you. <laughs> Nightwing is your dude. So yeah. you're going that do you do a disservice to that character because he's not properly developed. You could probably get away with a Batman Beyond. Yeah. Because it's not I not and again, I don't read a ton. I know there's a TV show and all that, but you could probably get away with that. But mm-hmm. I want to throw it on the table as being one that yeah, maybe it would be cool to revisit, but you probably do more damage to the universe yeah. than you would any good to it. And like, like you know, with this new Robert Pattinson stuff, if we're at a younger Batman and that, you know, he could have a younger ward. He can adopt a 20-some-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> and all that. We could see more, maybe more of that develop because it would be nice. Because that's one thing they've yet to do really in any of the films is even get anywhere close to a Nightwing. Not even close. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's funny because Batman and Robin, they don't only really go a Nightwing route, but it's funny because the costume that Chris O'Donnell ends up wearing in that movie is actually basically like the new 52 design of the Nightwing, which really? is something out there, I guess. <laughs> kind of funny. But um, yeah, you're right. We haven't really tapped on that. There's rumors, I think, with the Robert Pattinson that we we're going to get a Robin. Yeah. I think they're insane. So cool. that could be kind of cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, what so, about prequels? As we kind of yes. wrap this whole conversation up. Now, looking back, we've gotten tons of prequels in the past. We've got a whole franchise and Star Wars based around it. Solo and Rogue One, great examples of prequels. We're going back. And we're talking about Black Widow here. You know, we saw a prequel in a sense it is as far as the franchise goes in Captain Marvel this past year. So we've seen a lot of that. Even the Harry Potter universe, they've gone back and done. Yeah. The, uh, what is it called? The, Fantastic um, Beasts. Yeah, Fantastic yeah. Beasts, kind of playing on that. Mm-hmm. What are what's some of the universes that you would like to see explored in a bit more detail? You know, for, for me, one is, it's got to be The Matrix. I'm not a huge Matrix guy, mm. but I would yeah. love to see a prequel that's based around essentially the fall of humanity to whatever it is, robots or whatever. Yeah. I think that would be yeah. so cool to go back and see how everything ends up the way it does in the first Matrix film. Yeah, because I remember way back, like when the internet was still pretty new, they had like that stream, that live streamed um, Animatrix kind of cartoon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kind of touched on a bit of things. Um, I think it's like the Blu ray now is like a hundred bucks to get if you actually want to wow. see it. But um, they were toying with the idea too. I think a year or two ago, Michael B was supposedly meant to play a younger Morpheus. Oh, really? Yeah, they were, they were toying with the idea, and there's something to do with the one. Like there's always a one that they're chasing, something like that. But I guess they've close the doors on that that movie but i'm with you i think a prequel to the matrix would be so cool because they could really redeem themselves too i mean i didn't mind the other two i was, I was pretty young when i watched them but the first one was by far the best oh, yeah. and i think um that'd be pretty cool you know to bring some new blood into that that franchise yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. the matrix yeah, what i feel about, it um what about hunger games this is a franchise that my wife and I oddly rewatched before my daughter was born. We kind of just binged through it in a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and I read the books, and I know it's kind of more pointed at this, I don't know if you want to call it tween or whatever. It's, you know, young readers is maybe a better way of putting it. I enjoyed yeah. the films, but I think it'd be really cool to go back and see kind of the war that formed the districts. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I was, I never read the books, but I was a sucker for Hunger Games 1 and 2. Yeah. I think 2 was really, really good and almost even underrated. And I think that's what put Jennifer Lawrence in the map, oh, in my opinion. 
But um, I would love to see, yeah, the War of the Districts. Was it District 13 was the one that was kind of underground yeah. or the one? Yeah, I think. Destroyed, yeah. Yeah, man. Because that's a really cool world, uh, Hunger Games. It kind of has that feel of uh, the giver, in my yes. opinion, to me. And um, I think there's a lot you could touch on with that. Oh, yeah. A prequel for sure. See, like, President Snow, like, how he became. The rise he, to that. The one. rise of, yeah. Well, and it's, like, Oof. it's very similar to, I believe, the first sentences. I, I think it comes up in the first film. It's, like, there was whatever, and it was split into 12 districts and all this stuff. Mm. So it's basically, like, taking the Rogue One idea where they take out of the, the crawl. They take yeah. the premise for the prequel film. <laughs> I think it'd be really cool to do something like that in, the, in that Hunger Game universe. I love that. I love that. Yeah. No, I'm... Phew. I'm down with that one for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Any prequels you'd like to see? You know what? This is weird. And people are going to be like, you don't need a prequel for this because like there's thousands of books. But I love, love Robin Williams hook. Love oh, it. Love that so movie. So good, man. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And it holds up even today. And I think it would be kind of cool, even though, yeah, we've seen the Peter Pan movies and they've pretty much all failed except hook in my opinion and the cartoon but um i think it'd be really cool to go back and give us like you know when he goes back to england when he goes back to london for good and kind of lead up to him oh. going become this older man i think it'd be kind of cool to you know find a, like a cool kid actor that could play that role of kind of had the characteristics and the chops of a, a young robin williams and uh go back to that neverland i really thought it's cool how we had like the lost boys and the rufio yes. And like the pan mantle, I thought that was all a cool aspect. And I loved, um, uh, uh, I'm forgetting his name, Hook, the actor that played Dustin Hook. Dustin Hoffman. Dust, oh, I loved it. I loved his performance as Hook. It was so good. I, I, I would just love to go back to that world, but have a, a young, youthful Peter Pan. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. You know, the thing that was always unique about Hook for me, I, I loved it too as a kid. It yeah. was one of my favorite films. Steven Spielberg, it's, yes. it screams him. But it was yeah. a different take on the character, right? Yeah. It was taking him out of the element that we grew up with, with the cartoon, essentially, is that right. this is the Peter Pan. He's young. He's in Neverland. He's fighting pirates and all this stuff. Yeah. It was always such a cool, cool concept. But I agree right. with you. Going back and revisiting that. Woof. Yeah, man. Ooh, tick-tock, that tick-tock. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Fantastic. Now, yeah. Got anything else? I got, I got one more I'm going to toss nice. out here. How about a prequel? Now, this this... I, this may be something we do see at some point. All right. But a prequel to Guardians of the Galaxy where we see the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, because they hinted that in Volume 2, right? With yeah, the, the guys uh, that were teased. Yeah. Ed, Charlie 23, Martin X, Vance oh. Astro. Yeah. Um, what's his name? The guy I can't remember the guy that uh, Stallone plays. But Stallone played, yeah. Anyways, you've got – there's so much there. Yeah. It'd just be cool oh, to go back into this like wacky Guardians pre anything in the MCU, fill yeah. in that cosmic space. Have Yondu back, right? Yondu back, you know, a younger yeah. version of Yondu. Yes. That would be so cool. Like there's there's the books themselves from the eighties and that they're bonkers. But <laughs> and so are even you know, even that tease at the end, that little end credit scene that we do see in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, it shows you that the characters are crazy. Yeah. But there there's a, a an issue run by dan abnett called guardians 3000 a couple years ago okay with those original characters and so good it was a lot of fun and you could do some pretty wild crazy things but it'd be something that it would be so dislocated from the mcu proper even from the guardians of the galaxy proper i think yondu would be your connection point dh michael rooker a little bit dh stallone a little bit yeah you could do a lot in that space and it'd be a ton of fun to see and it'd be a great way 
you could introduce elements into the cosmic end like silver surfer like Galactus, in that sort of space and then have them reemerge later on Oh, man, I, I love that. Yeah, I think you're right, especially having, um, yeah, Yondu kind of being your lead there. I think that'd be cool. Um, you know, you could even get to the point where he's raising like a young Peter Quill, yes. which would be kind of kind of nice. But um, I love it because that's the beautiful part about the MCU's um, cosmic aspect is like that really is a world of its own that they could toy with and do whatever they want with, which is, uh, man, that'd be fantastic to see. I like that. Yeah. Really, like I want that. Yeah, because that's the big thing for me with Guardians of Two. I, I'm actually a big fan of Volume Two a lot more than the most. And um I think one of the highlights to me was seeing the original Guardians that you mentioned. I yeah. love a movie on those guys. Yeah. Ha. Huh. Yeah. So Dope. good. Well, it seems yeah. like lots of potential there. Do you got anything else you want to throw on the table before we wrap this um, up? A, a quick one going back to the MCU. I would love to see, because I just mentioned, I uh, well, before in this episode earlier, I mentioned I'm reading War of the Realms. And one of the issues I read was... Thor, I think, issue 13. And it was really cool because all they did is focus the story about um, Odin's son's older brother, who's actually the rightful one to the throne. Uh, I think Cull is his name? Yes. Yeah, Cull. And I would love to go back, a young Anthony Hopkins, you go back to Odin. Before he was Odin's son, he was Odin and his brother, Cull. I know it's kind of similar that we've had with Loki and, and Thor, but you could go even deeper. We could actually see like a... An, an Odin that's kind of tormented by his older brother and kind of see the battle of the throne between those two. I think there'd be kind of some cool stuff, especially now too with Jason Aaron writing um, Avengers. We've had the legacy run where we've gone back mm-hmm. to the origins of the Avengers yeah. and we had Born, the original his hus- or his dad, his, his dad. Right. And we had uh, the original chosen one, not chosen one, ancient one. Yep. Uh, the eye of Agamotto. I think itself is like a yep. body. Um, and we've had the original black Panther. We've had a whole Ghost bunch Rider. of, and the Ghost Rider, right? And the original, the first Iron Fist. I think it'd be really cool if we could go back to a time like that. And it wouldn't even have to be the original Avengers, the first Avengers. It could be focused more so on uh, a young Odin. But uh, I'm just a sucker for that kind of that, that mythology, that Greek Norse god mythology. I love to see something like that. So that's that's, that's where I kind of like. That's really cool because yeah. off the top of my head, I was thinking, yeah, Thor 4 for me. That would be yeah. really cool to see. But yes. going back and exploring more of the Asgardian mythos, even yeah. in a short Disney Plus series, would yeah, be a well, lot of fun to do. And Hela too, right? Because yes. Ragnarok, we got the whole Hela stuff. So like, what happened there? Oh, yes, man. you're saying that a TV aspect, like a TV series. Yeah. Yeah. Like these and I mean, some of these two that we suggested, like to me, I, I'm thinking multi-platform here. I'm not thinking particularly big screen. You could yeah. do a five, six episode run on some of these things. Yeah. And have a lot of fun with with storytelling in there. Yeah. And you know, some to me like Planet Apes needs to be a big screen. Yes. But going back and doing like a Matrix prequel or even this Guardians thing, yeah. as a prequel, I, like some like or as Guardia, like something yeah. to that effect. Where you're, you know, building out some mythos, having some fun in the universe, but you're not concerning yourself too, too much with the forward progressing MCU narrative and just filling in that space. To me, that what the Disney Plus form is for. It's you take the ideas of those solo films that Star Wars was doing, the uh, Star Wars story, and, you know, translate them onto the small screen and give us content. You know, you want eyes driving towards that. What better way than to tell really cool stories that... You don't really have to see, but the big fans of the MCU of you know these certain different franchises are really going to drive their their you know their money towards these these new platforms. So that's right. 
yeah, I think that that to me is the most exciting thing about Disney Plus and Netflix and all that is it allows the space to tell more and different stories that aren't dependent on a $200 million budget and a billion dollar or bust sort of payday. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, but yeah. given all that, what do you guys think would make a great sequel or prequel? You know, we'd love to hear from you guys. You can catch us on Twitter, handles the episode, or you can email us at thenerdram at gmail.com if you'd like to contribute to not only this discussion, but further discussions. We're going to be doing all sorts of fun stuff here in the not-too-distant future. We're talking movie reviews. We're talking just getting at Talking Nerd. You know, are you guys collecting these legends like crazy like Troy and I are? Let us know. And... I guess that, that's about time to, to wrap it up here, man. It's, it's going to be a short one, like we said, but not too, too short. <laughs> as short as I was anticipating. But yeah. nonetheless, we got to get back at this. We got to get back to dadding. It is actually Wednesday, and we actually dropped the episode on Wednesday. So, yeah, we got a little bit of editing to do. Not too, too much here. But it's been a ton of fun, man, talking prequels, sequels, Always. Black Widow, you know, the night it's the Commonwealth question. Yeah, great, great, great time here. And we hope that you guys come back next week because we're back here every single Thursday talking stars Marvel and DC and now with all that being said you can catch us always on Twitter hashtag Twitter gang hashtag we the nerd that is a yes. new hashtag that is going out there it is kind of a little play on we the north from Toronto Raptors here go raps go you can catch everything that we do on the nerdroom.net as well as starscommonwealth.com where you can also find all of the great other podcasters us and seven others over at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Everyone is doing fine, fantastic work over there. And like we always do, we got to give a shout-out to our man, Rob Wade, for endorsing this podcast over to Morsley14.com. So you can go check out what he does, including the Crazy Train podcast, as well as the other endorsed podcasts. You know, our dude, Rob Cass, from Podcast over there, Kyle and the crew over at Telling Saber, are also endorsed by Rob Wade. So go check all that out over at Morsley14.com. And I think that is a mouthful for this week, Troy. So, yeah. with all that being said, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And thank you guys very much for entering the Nerd Room. We will be back next week with our man, Sanjay to talk Wonder Woman, and a whole bunch of other nerd stuff. We'll be seeing you guys. Peace. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out thenerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Retro Inc., and The Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.